Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I remember back on our very first date in the backseat of my car. And to the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, and thanks to you, you the listener. Just one. Just one. We got lots. We got lots, Sam. I'll get that. Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. As I say, hello to you, Dane Swan, because I had to drop off a big box of of, of merch to Swanee's place yesterday, so he's just not stopping working. <laughs> I should have dropped it off at the tip. <laughs> You're so selfless, Dane. Oh, how's, yeah. how's your wrist? A bit of RSI? Hey, buddy. Dog's just barking. Um, I'm in this from spare room. Um, what'd you say? A bit of RSI in the wrist, or how are you going? Uh, I actually haven't started him yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's been no busy way. doing the Chapel Street stuff, Sam. You've got to just yeah. pace yourself. I know. Flat Can out. I ask you a quick question, Dane? Because yeah. I think I know the answer, but. If, if the answer is different, I'll be very impressed. Um, do you edit your own content there, Dane? Oh, I don't think you should, Well, that's a ridiculous question. There, so. <laughs> I don't know how to edit anything. <laughs> I didn't think so, but I thought to myself, Dane, this is brilliant. He's really been upskilling during this ISO class. No, no, certainly not. No, 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 I'll leave that. Like Jeff Walsh always used to say, just let the baker bake the bread. So <laughs> what you good at. Okay. Well done, you. Yeah, no, it's been all right. It's been good. Yeah. Hey, and speaking of uh, Jeff Walsh and Well Done You, our last podcast, that's the best response we've ever had to something that hasn't got us in trouble. What yeah. What was? The, the Dane Swan teams of the century. So thanks. No, no, no it was worries, nice to be in the news without getting in, get, being in trouble. No worries. Well, I, well I've got sore shoulders from, from carrying this fucking podcast. <laughs> um, man, you, dropped, you dropped the list the other day and didn't even, like, didn't even discuss it with us. Just so... For your own benefit, put it's it on rude, your social media. <laughs> I could try and bump my socials up by doing everything on mine, but no, I throw a dog a bone, a couple of dogs a bone, and do it on the podcast. Sam, Sam, yeah, yeah. can we just go back a bit there? I could bump my socials up a bit. The man's only got quarter of a million followers. Yeah. <laughs> There's always room for improvement, Ralph. Right. And, um, Dane's really working on his social image with his influencer status with the Chapel Street stuff. I do think it's great, though, Dane. It's harder to stay at the top of the mountain than it is to get there. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Hey, for those who haven't seen it, what are you doing with the Chapel Street stuff? Because it is fantastic. Um, Yeah, so just trying to help. I obviously live in the area, and I'm always up and down it. So um, just covering it with the Chapel Street precinct to try and help. I don't know, no, it's probably not raising awareness because everyone knows Chapel Street, but just um, just trying to help the businesses around here and just trying to, I don't know, have some fun around, you know, getting some traffic to some of the businesses that might be struggling or just not so much. Um, just getting, I guess just getting people out and, you know, I don't expect people if they're struggling to go out and, and buy a brand new bike or spend $10,000 at Rebel Sport or, you know, eat out every night, but just get your coffee from... Mix it up. Don't always go to your favourites, and just go to your, just go to places and try and help the community because everyone's in need, no matter what what you know what line of work you're in. Really, everyone is hurting, and um, yeah, it's just a bit of fun, something I could do from home. Um, so it was good. It was you know I, I don't sort of watch them back because I don't really like watching any of the stuff I've done. Everyone, everyone I was playing, but 
Um, I post I've got to do one today, which will probably be out before um, this comes out. I, I don't know what that is, but um, yeah, that's no, a bit of fun. And um, yeah, if I can help um, a couple of business community businesses and stuff like that, especially my area, so it's not like I'm lying. Right, no, up and, and doing stuff that you know out in you know places that I don't frequent. So it's um, it's worked out well, and hopefully people enjoying. If not, well, stiff shit. I've got about three to go. So um, <laughs> just buckle up. Me. Yeah, exactly. And Sam, can you give us a report, please, from the rest of the world? The rest of the world is still fucked, Ralph. Yep. Um, but um, I, do, I actually wanted to bring something up. I went for a walk on. It's more to get Dane's opinion, I think, just to get a, a, an author, authoritative voice and make a final decision on this. And someone who has obviously uh, worn this attire before, so I feel like people will listen to you. I went for a walk around the tan on Anzac Day morning. Like you and everyone else? Like you and yeah. the, fifth, the, the three other million Victorians? <laughs> yes, exactly. We didn't obviously weren't allowed to pay our respects for the dawn service, but we went for a walk and we went a little bit later in the morning. Um, so it wasn't as busy as I thought it was going to be. But I need you to finally make a decision and people need to follow your word. When men are running the tan, for fuck's sake, yes. Can you wear skins without shorts or do you have to wear shorts over your skins? Because unless you're Matt Shervington, and even if you are Matt Shervington, (laughs) I don't want to see your package in my face. It's rather uncomfortable for me. Even if that outline is is taking up a lot of, you know, real estate on your front crotch area. I don't need to see it. Please put guess, some shorts on. Yeah, well, I guess, well, back from that is what, what you wear under the tights. So yeah, if, you free, yeah. if you free ball, if you free ball under the tights, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's probably worse or better depending on which angle you're coming from, but well, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um like, obviously, I played footy, as some of you know. If you don't, okay. I'll go into that if you like. Yeah, but um, so that was a quite a heated debate at the footy club, like, because most of the boys would just wear tights out of the ground. I would wear tights and shorts. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why. It's just I was, but I would wear, I would wear, under, I would wear, like, Speedos under my tights and if I didn't wear shorts I'd wear speedos under my tights and then just wear tights so um you can't you can't go you should be locked up if you go no like speedos or underwear and just tights that's mm. that's not that's not on weirdo not stuff anyone. yeah it's, yeah that's, that's middle seat that's middle seats kind of stuff people <laughs> that is um why do you think people do it do you think that if you can't just oh, forget you can't put your tights on and then go okay i'm ready for a run and, and leave and go oh fuck i forgot my shorts well i could probably pass it if you are doing it new like if you're in a footy club because you know you're training with 40 boys and like who gives a fuck we just take the piss and have a laugh and people maybe don't want to do some laundry but if you're a conscious runner who runs a tan or runs a lake or run, like religiously has done it for years and um, don't underwear and tights. Well, then you, my friend, have a problem. But if you've just if you've just come out of football or you're in ISO and you and you do it naturally, you might forget once or twice. Yeah, I can probably give that a pass. But if you're a continual um, wearer of no underwear and just tights, well, you, my friend, deserve to be locked up. So, are you saying that it is okay to not put shorts over the top of your tights? Because yeah, that still you- makes me feel a little bit. If you've, got, if you've got the appropriate underwear on. If you don't have underwear okay. on, well, yeah. But if you've got a good Speedo or, you know, one of the Rio Action Pack. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I could. Well, I would, if I was training indoors, I don't wear tights. I don't know why. It's because I don't have a pair. But I wouldn't, listen, I wouldn't not have them if someone sent me a pair. But, Rebel Speedo. Uh, yeah. Rebel Speedo. Um, <laughs> but like, if I was walking around the house, I would just train in tights. And I would I'll put underwear on. Like, yeah. I, I don't like to be flopping around everywhere and like, wiggling around everywhere. So I like no. to be tight and uh, and compact when I'm training. But but um, for the for the for the common person, like if you're a fit, nicely toned athlete, like it's nothing wrong with that. If you've got nice glutes and um, you're mm. you're a strong runner, but um, for the rest, yeah, you you want some kind of short. I think Do you I have an opinion, Ralph? Because I'm still of the opinion, and I think a lot of females are, that you should be still putting shorts over the top okay, of then, those tights. Then why, do women, why are women allowed to wear tights? Because there's no kind of uh, uh, projection or anything kind of sticking out. 
Hopefully. Well, well, well. Well, unless well, you, you never, never know. know. You yeah. never it's know not. It's a new society. Yeah. Are you yeah, putting you labels on people, Sam? No. <laughs> if you know, it's just a. It's a kind of a clean line. Your eye doesn't right. have to jut in any other direction, and your mm. eye, your gaze is not kind of taken from what you're doing. Um, mm. It's quite. I find it quite abnormal and, and uh, uncomfortable. But you know what? We're not here to tell people what to do. I just wanted your opinion on it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, either a nice, a nice firm underwear or yeah. or, or a short. Yes. Yes. Sam, Sam while well, you've opened the door on this topic, mm. I, I think, I, and you know, I've been noticing on bike rides on paths, the, the, during during COVID, the hand holding has really picked up a notch. Has it? Do you think so? I've been actually a, a little bit um, worried that I'm going to get arrested, like I'm in Dubai for some public affection. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, what's the, what's the line on the off chance that I don't know? Let's say you've been in a relationship for like a long time. <laughs> What's mm. well, what's the line once you just stop holding hands? It doesn't matter. Well, I don't really know because I think it's really day one. The old people holding hands. <laughs> Dane's what? done by day one. You don't hold Taylor's hands. I have zero interest in holding hands <laughs> with anyone at any time. Oh, I, 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 I like to have the flexibility of having my hands. You know, anything <laughs> happen, I need more. I like to have swing my hands and just it's important. Like to to it is important. Trip. Old hands is no good for anyone. That's one of the one of many positives coming out of Corona. It's a new world. It's a new world. I'm going to sing that Aladdin song. Yeah. It is a new world. Yeah, exactly. A whole new world. I, well, to um, me, right. It's like people are trying to prove that they're in a relationship, though. Right, because I, I see you know, what you're you, saying. Yeah, because you, you need need to have a reason now to be holding hands. Right, I completely understand where you're coming from. I don't when me and my other half walk the tent, like if we're exercising, don't hold my hand like Dane said. Yeah. I need to get a swing at a decent pace and angle. I need to get some, you know, speed up. Don't hold my hand there. Yeah. But if you're having a leisurely walk around the streets of, well, obviously not at the moment with COVID, but if you're like walking to dinner or, you know, then that's nice. But I wouldn't. Or I also wouldn't hold hands around the shops. Like, yeah. Well, teenagers. Every time me and Taylor walk, we have a punch on anyway. Or, or we're like, <laughs> well, I can hold on. I don't need all... These women feminists up my ass saying I've, I actually physically punch on my missus. I mean, we have an argument because the speed she walks at is like she's fucking speed walking in the Olympics. And, <laughs> and I'm just a meanderer, and I, I, like, I'm not going out for a walk to fucking break the to run like Cal Knight. You know, I'm just um, I'm just going for a stroll just to get out of the house and you know have a chat and see some you know look at some properties and just just walk around, walk the dog. She's fucking taking like she's running like she's walking for America. Part, part two. Sorry, ends sorry. Up, ends up, well, I might as well be on a leash because I'm about three <laughs> metres behind her the whole time. So I was like, just fucking wait. And she goes, well, we're going for a walk. I was like, well, we're just going for a, a cruise, a stride. I didn't know we were racing. It's so I couldn't hold her in if I fucking tried. So who shows more enthusiasm for a walk out of you and Barney? Uh, Barney early on, but he, <laughs> Barney, then, he, then he drops off pretty quickly, little fella. Yeah. Part two, Sam. Yes. I play a little game in my head now because blokes, when they're walking close to each other, okay. flat, flat mate or gay? It's an interesting one. Um, I pretty, do have a pretty good gator, but that's because they come from the entertainment industry. It's right. Just, it, um, it depends. And you know what? Maybe they're flat mates and gay. Correct, mm. yeah. That's why I'm in the sliders. Well, not either. Maybe they're n- neither flatmates nor gay and they're just breaking the rules like fucking rebels in COVID-19 right. just walking maybe with their friends. Maybe they're bi. You know, that's a, that's in these days, I've heard. We're not judging. Yeah. They just no love judgment. love. Just nothing else. Just loving love. You can just walk with your friends as long as you're 1.5 metres away from one another. And what's happening work-wise, Sam? Are we, we finding embracing the public? Um, I've got a couple of little things going on. I... Um, I care for a little girl with special needs at the moment twice a week, which is awesome. And we're back. um, Dance teaching is back but online. And I tell you what, that's really interesting because have you ever had a seven-year-old try to teach you how to use Zoom when your internet's lagging and them getting very frustrated at you? No, I haven't. I I, I have because I've got two kids who tell me. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I've never felt so stupid in my life. She's like, Miss Sam, you just have to press this, this, and this. I call you Miss Sam, do they, not Miss Riches? Yeah, they have to call you Miss Samantha or Miss Rebecca, whatever it is, yeah. I don't know why. It's just always been the way. But, yes, I've copped a bit of lip this week from some of my little ones who know how to Mm. use the internet and uh, things a lot better than me. But I'm also, um, Dane, tomorrow, this is one you might be interested in, um, delivering KFC tomorrow. 
So once a week, I deliver KFC to healthcare workers, which is yeah. yeah. How do I get? How do I become a healthcare worker? (laughs) (laughs) We're at Box Hill Hospital tomorrow. I'll drop you a a load of KFC off. Oh yes, please. What do they? What do they get? It fills the back of my car. Yeah, all of it. So there's zinger. There's original. There's chips. There's tenders. Do you you, you go sleep in your car now because your car would just smell like KFC? Smells amazing. I tell you what, I'm not on. I'm not earning much at all at the moment, but I do like to treat myself after that shift finishes yeah. and buy myself some KFC for the you drive. Get, surely you get a discount, or you no. just, or you don't get a discount, or you, what, no. surely, or you just pinch a wing on the way there or something like. I, I didn't because I thought oh, I can't have bullshit. No, these are workers. Not one chip that slips to the bottom of the bag. We they're in in boxes i just can't do it but i I will say the first time i did it i did go back in there with a grin on my face knowing full well that they just saw me take the this big delivery and i thought surely they're going to recognize me and just give me a bit of a a discount or you know slip me a box of chips for nothing no they charged me full price i was like okay lovely have a great day nothing in this day and age i guess is it sam no nothing fuck it hurt the bank balance though the (laughs) small meal (laughs) hey can i speak to uh, 2005 danes one please 2005 shit yeah Yeah, i'll try not you now i need to speak to 2005 danes one um 2005 danes one would you be okay going into a hub with 40 of your mates Yeah, I was, going to, I was going to bring this up at some stage. I was seeing you on Twitter fucking carrying on. What's your big problem with the players having voicing concerns about being locked away for 20 weeks? Nothing. I haven't got a problem. And mate, why are you pissing and moaning on Twitter and retweeting people saying that like, they're complaining about like, being away for 20 weeks? It's not a holiday. They're not, go- they're, not fucking ho- they're not in a hub in Las Vegas where they can go out and do as they please and have friends and that. Like, there's a lot more information that has to be settled and no, I wouldn't like to be stuck. It's not like they're not going to be in a hub on the Gold Coast where they can go, boys. You got a normal, tra- you got a normal training week. You can do what you like. You can go out for a beer. You can go to the beach. You can see some mates. You can go for a weekend. You can go to Dream World. You can fucking do whatever you want. Like it's not that. It's like you're going to be out on day release to go to training. Well, that is, that is what it's seeming like. You're out on day release to go to train, then you're back stuck in a hotel room. Did you offer call training that? For tw- yes, well, it was. But, but, <laughs> but I got to go home and, like, you got to go see your family. You got to go see your mates. You got to go out for a beer and, and not be under the watchful eye of your footy club for 20 weeks. That's probably, like, for five or six. And, listen, if it's 20 weeks, 98% of the boys are going to do it. There'll be a couple. And how can you blame someone, Ralph, if they've got a newborn and they're and they're so what are you complaining about? So what are you whinging and complaining about that like all these tennis players and soccer players and cricket players say they do it all the time? Yeah, but they can fly their partners over and they can go have four or five days off and go down the beach or stay away and, and do what they want for you know for a few days before they go back to training. And they don't have a watchful eye of the football club watching their every move for 20 weeks. That's a long bloody time. It'd be terrible. But that's Basically what, like that's being in the money. army. Pardon? It's like I'm being saying, in the army. I'm saying that's yeah. what happens with good money. You actually, they've got a choice, but the choice could be getting paid a lot, lot less money. Yeah, well, you don't, you don't really. Um, I didn't really pick that up in all your tweets, Ralph. I just got told that you. That the <laughs> you got I, told. Well, like, the way I was picking it up was like you just said, "Well, bad luck." The players are just lemmings, and they. No, just I've never said that. I never ever. Years. I never would say yeah, that. I never. I know you haven't said it, but that's. The feeling you're getting from the thousand tweets you've done in the last seven hours about it. <laughs> well, Is that going to be on your list? Because you're going to do yeah. some lists, aren't you? I'm going to list. do a list of, list of favourite lists that people have done in lockdown. <laughs> but but like the hubs, like, if yeah. you have five, five or six weeks, I'm, listen, most players are going to suck it up. Like then, yeah. and, but I don't know why people are carrying on about it in the media. Like why aren't players allowed to voice their concerns? Like As soon as that people have an opinion that's different to the you know, the 99% of people, they come out and bag them and say that, look, all they can make a big deal about players got an opinion. Like, they've got lives and they've got families and, like, if someone's got a young kid or a fa- family for whatever reason and they their partner or kid or dog can't go see anyone else, like, they've got some decisions to make. So no, no player that chooses not to go into a 20-week hub should be thought of any less because it's probably thought of more because they're sacrificing a lot of their money to be with their family and their loved ones to make sure they're okay. So 
in a way, it's the tougher decisions to pull out a lot of the time. He's, um, he's got that caring side of him, hasn't he, Sam? That often yeah. he, really often he keeps hidden. Yeah, he really, he really yeah, does. Well, Exactly, and, and listen, no one knows exactly what's going on. I'm, I'm sure you don't, unless you do, Ralph, you don't, no one knows the exact details. So until May 11, I guess, is that when they're going to say, is that when they're going to... Victorian government, yeah. And that's when the AFL is going to come out and give the, the plan, I guess. Yep. Um, so no one can really know until then, but, but 20 weeks is... I would, if I was playing, I would certainly have like a, a problem with, with 20 weeks. If they did like five or four or five weeks and then you got a two-week break or something like that to go home, refresh, isolate with your family or whatever, and then come back for another four or five, you know, then then it's okay. But, you know, in June, July, in July, August, restrictions might have eased and you actually can fly and stuff like that. So it's, it's mm. a very, very hard one to navigate because you, you just don't know. But having five months like being on day release and – and and the other thing is, do you get a house or are you all in like an apartment building? Because if you're in an apartment building with coaches and stuff, like if you're having, if it's a Saturday night and you played Saturday, and what about if you want to have a few beers and you've got music on in your hotel room with two of your mates and your coach is the level below you or the coach's level, the captain is next door to you and you want to have a bit of fun and just have a few beers and your captain knocks on your door at 10 p.m. saying, mate, what are you doing? He's like, well, we've got a seven-day break. I want to, this is what I do on a Saturday night and it could cause more harm than good. But mm. but in the end, um, if they want to get paid, you're going to have to suck it up and do it. That's just that's just unfortunately what's going to happen. The AFL are going to make a plan and maybe the players will say yes or the players will say no, that's too much in lockdown and it is what it is. Uh, there's not much more we can say about it, I guess, unless anyone else here has an opinion. No, 100%. And, and I would never, the only lane I ever stay in, Dane, I don't know what it's like to be tall, female, nor good at sport. So I'd never knock players, at, nor, nor am I knocking them for, for any stance they take. But I was knocking actually the media noise about it and the fact well, that well, there's a different circumstance. I, I haven't ruled it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, and I think the other thing, Ralph, is there's just nothing to talk about now. So yeah. everything just yeah. gets magnified. Like, you know, if Dangerfield comes, and the AFLPA do a great job. If Dangerfield comes out and says we have concerns, well, too wrong. Yeah, concerns. you're allowed to have like, concerns. You should, you should have concerns about everything. Like, you've got to go weigh up the positives and negatives. You're not just going to go, yep, that's a great idea. Because you know what then people would say? Oh, they just want to get paid their money hungry. They just want to get their money and, and play. They don't care what it costs. And so mm. they can't win. And, and and I guess any no one can win in this situation because the world's fucked at the minute, like, more fucked than what it was six months ago. So... Mm. Very, very, and Gills, you know, to his credit, I feel like he's done an amazing job, and he's not being peer pressured or rushed into making a decision like because the NRLs come out and said they're they're off May twenty eight, no matter what. Um, you know, he's sticking firm. He's going to listen to the, the experts in this field, and when footy comes back, they want it to be going for the rest of the year. So, um, I think he's done a great job, and the players are just going to have to listen and then make a decision on what they want to do, but. Ultimately, it comes down to the AFL are going to make a plan, and if the players want to get paid, well, they've got to stick, suck it up and do it, whether they like it or not. Hey, Sam, Sam yeah, sorry, can I just ask you, because you're going to make a point, so I want to ask you via this as well. How are you reading the um, the argument that families should be in the hub or shouldn't be in the hub? Uh, I saw Katie Price from Channel 10 put out a good point that you know, that's actually going to be, could even be more of an upheaval to, to ta- take a family into a hub as opposed to just, you know, uh, um, the the uh, the man of the family, that's what he is, <laughs> leaving leaving the house for whatever period of time to go do a job and schools can maintain so kind of family relationship. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, a family base for kids. Yeah, listen, it's, it's an extremely tough one because um, people in different circumstances, like you said, like a, a single 20-year-old, doesn't have as many worries as a 30-year-old with a newborn and, you know, a two-year-old and one on the way or is married or, you know, whatever the circumstances are. Um, so Also because a lot of the wives have got, in, especially in this day and age, a lot of the wives have got jobs as well or and or businesses and, and things to do at home that they can't just up and, and move to the Gold Coast. Yeah. You know, they can't relocate. That's how, So they're going to have to be separated. Yeah, exactly. I think Rory Stone made a pretty good point. Like, who's just, Why is an AFL footballer's job more important than anyone else's? Hmm. Um, what, about, what about if your partner makes more than you? Yeah. Like, like, how, like how, do you, how do you know this is not some very talented wa- wags, a fucking horrible word, but some, you know, some wags for 
um, having no other word in your brain, um, that, that, make, that make more money than some of their partners or have a more important job working important sectors or work with special needs kids or work at teachers or police or, you know, medics, you know, they might have way more important jobs than kicking a ball around. So why aren't we giving them first preference? So it's a very, very it's, man, it's just a colossal fucking schmozzle. That's what it is. Um, but people smarter than us three will figure it out. And, man, listen, I'm, I'm hoping, and I'd, like, I'd imagine like you two are hoping for sport back quicker rather than later because, we're all missing it, and it does give a little bit of normality to the world when the sports when sports around. It's incredible how much sport makes the world go around. So I certainly mm. miss it, and um, you know what they do with these hubs. Now I guess we'll probably chat about it in this in a couple of weeks when we actually have mapped out they've mapped out the game plan, and we can actually have a, a proper discussion about what it looks like. I think that also we need to keep in mind. Well, people need to keep in mind. First of all, the media as a general beast, like Dane said, there's not much to write about at the moment, so they have to write about something. We have to keep in mind that the AFL are doing a plan. They're not releasing it till whatever date they're releasing because they've got to come up with every kind of option. They've got to come up with worst case scenario and best case scenario. And at the moment, the way things are looking, New Zealand has almost got rid of the coronavirus on one end of the spectrum. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, the Australian Open, which is in January, are planning to play without crowds. So worst case scenario, this still goes on until January. Best case scenario, you know, they could go into lockdown, they could start this what we think is going to be 20 weeks, but it, it may only last for four weeks. And like Dane said, they might come home for a two-week isolation period and it might be over. We don't know yet because the it hasn't come out and this this... Um, epidemic is changing on the daily so to to jump on one side of the argument so fiercely and you know hurl stones at people like Dangerfield that are coming out with you know concerns or opinions you're jumping the gun a little bit there just hold your horses don't be so um, ready to attack people who have real concerns for their family and you know for their livelihood and and just wait until like Dane said people that are smarter than us make the decisions because it could be over in a couple of weeks or it could be going until January and we don't know. So if it goes to January, then, you know, we'll be grateful to have some kind of sport. If it finishes in four weeks, then awesome. Then they don't need to go into this, this hub situation for as long. But just fucking stop yelling at each other and there's enough <laughs> there's enough yelling going on. Just take a breath and let the big people in the big jobs with the big pants on make the decisions. I think you need to get off your chest, Sam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the media, Dane, have you done more media now than when you played? Um, probably. I don't know, but just to sum that up, yeah. Oh, my, so my opinion, my opinion on the hub. So four or five weeks, I could do with you know, as long as there's some allowances to players, like they are allowed to get out of the house, get some air, go with each other, go have a, a beer, or just get away from the football club or not be around people you know, for 24 hours because then you look like you've got Big Brother watching over you where you can't actually go and have some fun and be seen just relaxing. 20 weeks, like, I find that extremely, extremely difficult to understand how anyone could be locked up in a hotel for 20 weeks and only being allowed out to train now. Like I said, I'm sure there'll be um, some different circumstances to happen, but I could do five or six weeks and have a break, then go again, but, but 20 weeks I would really be opposed to like, like some. Now, I think that, I think 20 weeks is worst case scenario though because like I said even yeah. the WA relaxed their laws yesterday or the day before already so and that's within the same country as us and I think that within 4 or 5 weeks of the AFL starting this new hub program think about how far in the future that is I feel like it's not going to be much longer than that to see where we've just come from in the last the media say Sam I'm just going off the media don't need to yell at me I'm just <laughs> um just going off what I've read in the, in the papers uh, yeah it's just you just remind me of something when when you were at the Super Bowl and Sam and I did a show with Georgie Parker and Georgie mentioned about how it was she thought it was easier for her to retire because she wasn't on the huge money than players have a big decision to make when they're on Big money, and uh, and I'm asking you this through through that prism, Swanee. That I reckon, and I heard Nathan Buckley speak on Jared Waitley this is Wednesday morning. Whenever you listen to this, really passionate about. I reckon any other, if if it wasn't such big money in the game, the the game would almost dust its hands and say, "Well, look, let's miss 2020 and start again next year." But there's there's monster money for everyone. Well, that's like every professional sport in the world. Yeah, no doubt. Like, I don't know how the local league. I was trying to play a bit of Super Bowls this year, but I haven't heard of a thing that I would imagine all local footy's done, really, I, I'm not, unless they play like a – well, because cricket – when's cricket start? 
Well, first week of October, traditionally, yeah. Well, there you go. So, like, I would imagine they'd have their rights to their ground. So, unless the regular seat, local footy squeeze in a six or seven week year, which might be hard to do, I've just automatically assumed that all local sports are done for the year. So, there's no doubt if football, NBA, NFL, I'm going to A-League, well, whatever, NRL, if they did, if that was just amateurs, of course they wouldn't be playing. They wouldn't be, like, there wouldn't be a second doubt about it. Second thought about it, government would say, right, 2020, unfortunately, is a write-off. Let's just get all our health together and away we go. So, yeah, there's nothing sure. But, I mean, it, the AFL doesn't just bring money into the place pockets. Like, you know, with people who work at the MCG, work at the AFL, work at footy clubs. Like, it's a, it's a billion-dollar industry. And mm. it provide, I couldn't imagine the thousands of jobs it provides. I don't know the numbers, but I would imagine it will provide, you know, tens of thousands of jobs across Australia. And then you've got people who get paid local footy, you know, the directors in local footy leagues. So it trickles all the way down. So it's um, they have to try and get up for sure because a lot of wages and a lot of jobs lost um, by not having professional sport being played. I think um, I had this argument with some people on – it wasn't an argument, it was more of a discussion. My name's not Ralph, but I had a discussion on Facebook with some friends of mine from the performing arts industry that were – going on about how footballers think they're gods because how important is football just shut it down and I thought to myself I don't think they realize exactly like pushing further from what you just said Dane it's not just AFL directly that is employing people you think about how busy suburbs like Richmond and you know the like the cafes and the restaurants and the bars and that are because on a Friday night you've got Amy Park booming you've got Marvel Stadium booming you've got Rod Laver Arena booming you've got the MCG all of those sporting hubs, yeah. when they're on, it's not just the AFL players and their families that are making money off that. I don't play football exactly. the Albion. and I make money. The and Albion. The Albion. <laughs> exactly. Come you down know what I mean? Watch, like, um, exactly. All the burger the joints Albion. or the cafes, like that whole area. It's not just AFL, the hospitality industry, the tourism industry. So many different industries benefit from having sports playing, not just AFL. Really but sports stim- in it stimulates the economy, doesn't it, Sam? Really it really does. Absolutely. <laughs> Sam, you just reminded me of something there about the, the performing arts people and so forth. Yeah, talk about first impressions. So my first ever association with anything mildly famous in this town, I was 25, I was working on a building site, and on the weekends I'd go and do this Triple M show that Eddie, Trevor, Marmite, and Jane Kennedy would do. And this is what would happen. You, would, I would meet you know, Nathan Buckley, let's say, who was a staff for Collingwood at the time, and then Wayne Carey, and then Bomber Thompson or whatever. And they were all fantastic. And then someone who'd be performing in front of 20 people in the Mouldhouse Theatre, would shake your hand like holding a wet hanky and then look to talk to someone famous. Footballers are fantastic compared to a lot of tosses in the performing arts area. Absolutely, they can be because you have to remember, obviously I don't live that life anymore, but they I can't remember what the syndrome's called, but there's some, there's some kind of syndrome that you, you um, live with because you think about all these performing arts stars and they are incredibly talented people in, in their own right, but as soon as... The curtains close on that eight-week session that they may have done at the Princess Theatre, whether they were doing Wicked or some huge, you know, touring musical. As soon as that curtain closes, they're unemployed again. So their mental state goes from they're on top of the world with people throwing roses at them and, you know, showering them with gifts and applause to the next Monday morning. They're wondering where the next dollar's coming from. So it's a real roller coaster of emotions and it kind of gets to a lot of people. And, they, you know, depending where they are on that roller coaster, they might be being an asshole that day or they may be you know, enjoying their coffee for possibly the last time. But also, Swanee, as you said, and it helped you in the jungle, and that often often the case in the jungle. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Croft, the same that uh, that when footballers go into it, they've been so used to working in a big team environment for so long that they actually blend in, in better in different situations like that. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, you, and you also work with 40, yeah, 45 different people, some of them fuck with, so like you learn to, <laughs> you, learn, you learn to deal with different personalities and that's what any team sport, whether you're playing rugby, football, netball, cricket, whatever it is, or it's just you, you learn to deal with people and personalities differently because you have to deal with them every day and you have, you know, playing a team sport, you've got to be achieved to play, to win a, the ultimate success, like your team success, so you got to learn to get along with different people to achieve the ultimate goal. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, of getting away in hubs and in team environment, who did the story on you about going to uh, going to uh, uh, was it Arizona mid year? Was that Glenn McFarlane, the Herald Sun, uh, a couple yeah, of weeks ago? Yeah, 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 yeah it's fantastic. But did, did David Butterfin sort of give up that you were you were a sneaky hard trainer? Oh, I didn't read it. I I I did, I, I did the interview, mate. So I didn't need to read it. Pick um, that up, Fred. Well, I did. Well, I did do the interview. I don't. I don't read anything about me or. Well, well, David Butterford said he he was proud to say that you were one of the hardest traders at Collingwood, but you like not giving that impression. Well, well, I probably did it a bit differently. Um, well, I, well, I just. I don't, I, he, I don't think that he tries not to seem like a hard worker. I just don't think he does it for the praise. I think he does it because he needs to get shit done. Yeah, that, would just, that be a fair like, statement? Oh, so, yeah. Sometimes you see a lot of people, like on a lot of players and that on their Instagram, like showing them just after a run and working hard and that. And that and maybe I'm just not that built that way, but um, I didn't, I didn't do it for to get pats on the back. But I, I, I trained what I thought was specifically needed for my game. So, you know. With touch and that, I didn't need a lot of touch. Like, I, I, and I fumbled, obviously, like everyone, but I generally thought my touch and that was pretty good. So I didn't need to go and touch the footage on a week during the week. And I didn't like the cold. I don't really like the cold. So and because I, I probably didn't treat my body as well after games as, as most, like I was sore during the week or I was a bit sore from the way I played and I didn't like going out on the ground in the freezing cold and running around trying to kick the footage. I wouldn't I'd have my hands in my pockets for most of the session and kick the button just I wouldn't I would literally try and run away from the ball so I wouldn't touch it. Um so but what I felt I needed to get out was I'd sit in the heat room or in the altitude room and run and do like, you know, one, two, three, four, five hundred meter sprints for half an hour. That's what I, that's the game that worked for me. So that's what I did and that's what I thought I needed. So I'd come off come in a lot of boys go out and train. I'd, and I'd wait twice. I wasn't big wrapped in weights either. But so I thought for me, the one thing I needed was to be able to run. So it was all that speed work that I needed. I didn't need to touch the footage because I thought I had good touch. So I'd, well, I think what he means is that. So I'd go off and you wouldn't see me flogging myself on the track because either I wasn't out there or I didn't want to be out there because it was cold or just my body was sore. I just had no interest in being tackled and stuff because I tried to save all that stuff for the two hours of the ball was being kicked around during the game so I think that's no that's what he means like I worked hard when people couldn't see me because I wanted to run at altitude and I wanted to run um in the heat and get some sprints up instead of running outside so maybe that's what he meant the other media you did was with uh, you and uh, Scott Pendlebury on the Collingwood Instagram I think it was for their feed but I watched it. it was fantastic um it, would it be fair to say he, he's he's more of a footy nuffy than you are um <laughs> Oh, probably. Well, I'm sure he's a, a f- yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> I think he just, oh, he's the captain of the footy. I think he just is more a health, health related. Nuffy, well, Nuffy's probably not the right word, but uh, I say just, that effectively. Yeah, he just loves um, footy. He loves getting the best out of his body, and I think he's what is he, thirty three now, maybe thirty two, thirty three, and down to his last decade, top, you reckon? Yeah, exactly. He's still, he's still <laughs> at the top of his game. So, but yeah, mate. He, he, you know, it's not no surprise why he gets in. He, he puts out um, the performance he does because how hard he works and how 
devoted is to his craft. So, but but yeah, he probably knows. He's probably forgotten more about footy than I know, mate. <laughs> did you did you watch it, Sam? No, I didn't watch. Can it. Can I give you a highlight? Can I give you a highlight? If you could, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so the the theme was Anzac Day, and obviously uh, Scott, I reckon, goes about his research the same way he goes about his footy. 2004, 2004, Dane Swan's first ever Anzac Day game. Build it up, and what do you remember of it? <laughs> One word answer, nothing. <laughs> he wasn't expecting the nothing answer, Dane. I, li- I, well, I literally don't. I literally don't remember. I don't remember any of them apart from the two old medals I won. And uh, because they're on the telly recently. <laughs> well, they're one of them you told me not to bother watching. That's uh, true. I, I don't really... I don't really, uh, yeah, exactly. I don't really um, know many of my games, to be honest. Well, I know we won the, the replay in the granny, but I don't, I don't do a heap that day. But um, I don't really remember most of my games, to be Some honest. Some people well, have got just... interesting memories. They can go, oh, I remember back in 2009, round 12 against St Kilda, we were four points up before the final siren, and then old mate Lenny Hayes runs across the front line. How do you remember that shit? Yeah, well, look, the odd, the odd... In moment like that, I can like if you bring it up to me. But I remember my first kick. Um, I can't remember. I think my first goal was against Brisbane up in the Gabba. I think. Um, <laughs> See, there'd be some people uh, out there that could tell you these answers confidently. Uh, like I couldn't tell you who my two hundred fiftieth game was against, who my two hundredth game, who my hundredth. I couldn't tell you any of that. Really? Um, Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I can obviously remember the two Anzac days. I can't. I couldn't tell you how many finals I've played in. Um, I don't know. I just. I don't know. I just don't remember them. I don't, I don't know enough. why. But but the, there's a thing called the internet now. So I'm, I'm, if I, if I really want <laughs> to, I'm going to bother with it up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey can I um, ask a question, Dane? Because I know you've been watching this. I hope this is all right, Ralph. Uh, I know you've been watching. I've been watching along too. Would you say that if we could compare some players from Collingwood to, say, the Chicago Bulls, yes. that perhaps that Scott Pendlebury would be Michael Jordan and you might be Dennis Rodman, would you say? Oh, I thought you were going to say I was Michael Jordan, Sam. But, uh, well, from a skill level, up. perhaps. But yeah. I, I, last night I was watching the Dennis Rodman yeah. episode and, and how um, he was given 48 hours to go to Vegas yeah. and just blow off steam because that's what they when knew what he up. brought to the team and they embraced what he was good at and they let him do what he needed to do because they knew when he came back on the court, Dennis was coming back on the court. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think you've mentioned that similarly, how, you know, at Collingwood people kind of left you to your devices because they knew that when you stepped out on the on the field, Dane Swan would perform. Yeah. Before you oh, answer I'm that, Swanny, you. Swanny, sorry, before you answer, I just want to include our listener, Blake, who tweeted this. After watching the last dance episode, do you relate more to Rodman, i.e. coach giving you some rope off the court field as long as you get the job done on the day? So that's including what Sam's asking you. I, I, I definitely. Um you know, I, I, well, we went to Arizona, but I was more of a that wasn't more that wasn't a Dennis Rodman style break. That was a, <laughs> but, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I've I don't know if I've spoken about it on here. Maybe maybe the first podcast, but I've maybe the first series we done. But um, yeah, def, I definitely agree with that. I think that's why Phil Jackson was was brilliant. He got the most out of his guys, and I think Mick was exactly the same with us. Um, you know, he understood what it was to get the most out of guys now. You know, he. Well, I wouldn't say it was Mick said fuck off to Vegas for a week and come back and go artist, but it was like you know, he understood that some guys needed a beer to to unwind. Or and it wasn't even about going out and getting the piss. Like John hated doing weights, so you know he do them during the summer, during the preseason because he thought he had a good rig. But like when the season came off, <laughs> he wouldn't really do them. Um, so like, but so he you know he turned a blind eye, go right out. And just let Johnny do his own devices, because and this is more for like the ten, fifteen blokes who, um, pretty much played every week and had had mixed mm-hmm. trust. So like, you know, you, Mick would come in the weight room, and go, oh, "Where's Johnny?" Johnny being admin, you know, talking, like, and just talking to the staff, and like Johnny just give a thumbs up through the window, and you know, boys would just be like, "Oh, just shake their head and laugh." And and I know today's a different era, but I'm not sure that'd fly in this era. But you know, twenty years ago it was a bit different. So, um. But in saying that, if you played two bad ones in a row, like you'd be doing extra weights and you'd be doing extra, or you wouldn't be on the weekend that piss, you'd be first in the next day and you'd be getting flogged on the train track or boxing in the in the ring with Mick DeGuinness. So um, I definitely can relate to, to Rodman. And he was a guy that, that, loved ba- that loved basketball, but you know he needed different things to help him relax and take his mind off it. Like there's some guys, if we bring it back to footy, who 
are footy, footy, footy mad and just can't get you know can't get enough of footy. They fucking eat, sleep, and breathe it. You know, they on their off days they're watching film or they're thinking about how they can get better. Or you know, we all know those people in any walk of life in any field that they're in. They just cannot get enough of it and love it, and that's what makes them the the greats that they are. Um, but there are some that love the game, but understand that righto. It's not the be all and end all. And for me to get away, I need to get in a good headspace. So I'm going to go play 36 holes of golf, or I'm going to um, go have a beer on the weekend and drink Saturday night. And I'm going to have a go to a mate's place and have a few beers Sunday when we play on the next Friday bit, because that's what um, I feel I need to get the best out of myself to get to, for an escape from footy. Because how much of a fishbowl this football caper is. So. Um, yeah, I definitely related to him. Um, he went okay, Dennis. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. And then when he come back, like if when I come back, so like Mick could give you a couple of times during the year, like you know, you'd be like playing, you'd be a bit sore on a Friday night, and you'd be like, "Oh, how are you going?" And you sort of, "Oh yeah, man, I'm alright." You know, a bit flat, a bit sore, whatever. But you know, fine, you'd be alright. I'll see you Thursday. So, mate, you, you, you'd be playing the next Friday or Saturday and you've played Friday night and he'd be like, right, I see. So, mate, you get home, see your missus or if you're single, whatever. Mate, you'd book a flight home. You'd book a flight up north or you'd go home if you're from Perth, WA, Perth, fucking Adelaide, wherever you're from. Mate, you could shoot off home for three or four days or go up north, get some sun for four or five hours, come back on the Thursday, not have been to training or one meeting at all, come back, refresh, and you'd be like, you know what? You know, you know, you feel like you owe Mick and you owe the footy club for, for giving you that time off. So you'd come back refreshed, energised and ready to go and you'd want to make sure that you didn't let him down because him giving you that grace. So, you know, while you weren't going to Vegas, Mick certainly would give a couple of boys, you know, three or four days off during the year just to piss off, take a mental break from footy and come back for the next, you know, eight, nine-week block that they've got. So, um, yeah, very, very similar, I would imagine. Hey, there was one, one other scene in that uh, that that I want to get your take on when when uh, Rodman had really fucked up and he knocked on Michael Jordan's door and Michael Jordan said he never knocks on my door and he said have you got a cigar and he never said sorry but Michael Jordan knew that Dennis that was Dennis Rodman's way of saying sorry did you see that yeah I, well I knocked on Bucks' door with a bong one night um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> It was five AM. Well, it was five AM. So he, he said, uh, "He said we're playing tomorrow." Um, Dana, just get back to bed. Uh, no, 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 that didn't happen before. Fucking anyone thinks it did. But um, but but it's the name. Of, it's, it's the name of the podcast. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, we had to. I don't smoke actually. I never yeah. Um, but. I've tried. I've certainly tried it when I was a kid with all the cool kids, but it's never never stuck for me. Um, but oh, 16, 17, trying to hang out with all the cool kids just never agreed with me. Anything in my life would. Um, I've, I, but um, but yeah, uh, no. When you didn't have to. Well, they're a bit different, obviously, because they travel and they're in hotels every night. Yeah, like when we fucked, when we fucked up, we had to face the board. We had the full Ed. full support. Yeah, we had to face Ed, the staff, and we'd have to get up and apologise in front of the group. And I guess they've only got twelve people. So, and Jordan was the only one who really mattered. Like, if you bug it up, you'd have to get up in front of the whole group and just you know give that fake apology, like everyone else. <laughs> no, but um, did you like did you like how he he didn't give an apology? He didn't need to. He just needed to be. Yeah. And then afterwards, yeah. uh, Jordan Jordan said he was good as gold the whole way through. Yeah, exactly. That was his way of apologising. Yeah. <laughs> went, went to the big dog and, um, yeah, said, sorry, I will offer him a cigar. So um, he's a different cat, Robin. I've read his book. He's a very interesting man. Mm-hmm. Um, had a tough growing up, but, um, yeah, best mates with Kim Jong-un, isn't he? So that's it. Strange. Yeah. I wonder where he is. Yeah. What else did you get from the doco, Sam? Oh, I just, I'm really enjoying it. Um, obviously, a lot of people, I, I didn't follow basketball back then because I was a bit younger and people know of the Kobe Bryants, um, 
of this day and age and LeBron James. And I feel like most people go, who's your favourite basketballer? They'll say one of either Kobe or LeBron, but they'll also always include Michael in that. And I couldn't quite understand why they couldn't write this guy off. But just watching the finesse of this guy, the athleticism, he's just a fucking freak, isn't he? I know why now they call him Air Jordan because I feel like gravity doesn't have the same effect on this guy. He's just an absolute freak of the game. He's brilliant to watch and I really wish that I could watch him play in his heyday. It was, it's awesome to watch some of that footage. What have you got out of a 20? Because uh, he's pretty much hasn't done much media post-retirement, has he? He never does. Yeah. Um, I love his demeanour. He's so, he's so like, he's the one person I... that can be cocky in the sense that, he, like the arrogance that he wears is not kind of, you don't take offence to it. You don't look at him and go, oh, this guy, but he, he he's earned it. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, 100%. He's so funny. I like him. Um, yeah, I think that, well, one of the, and it's, it's not all about swearing and that, but um, I think because they've, it's an uncensored docker, it's not like on, you know, Sports Center or something where you have to try and choose your words and that. He's like being honest and like, you know, fuck those guys and, and things like that. It's not all about swearing, but it actually gives you a lot, like he's actually just being honest and you actually see all, all of them, all the stars in their real light, like exactly yeah. how they would talk. Like, so it gives you a greater understanding of who they are, not just, yeah, those guys, you know, just the typical bullshit answers you see on Sports Center and on ESPN and, like, in, on all these shows. So it um, gives you a proper understanding of how driven they are. But, like, I, Jordan, Jordan Allen, obviously, one of my two favourite sports from growing up. Um, so, man, I've loved every second of it. Um, you just get an understanding of how – you forget, like what Sam said, like, you've, you know, a bit of revisionist history going on. You forget how good they are, but um, – and I've just loved it, and um, I think the Kobe Kobe's up next episode five, so that'll be awesome. Um, what, what didn't what didn't I realize? I didn't realize how much Pippen was underpaid early on. That's the that's the basic um, part of the doco that it makes you feel sorry for a multi millionaire. <laughs> yeah, well, well in, in the scheme of things, yeah, like yeah. He, he was underpaid, and just and just I didn't realize that because I would have been thirteen, fourteen at that stage, and we didn't have like internet and. Well, we made that incident in 98, but I certainly didn't have it in your house. But um, like social media and stuff that Jerry Krause had told him that they were gone. Well, it's kind, of yes. it kind of what happened with Mick. You know, they were at the top of their game and they said, piss off, like you're out. And it's, that's a little bit extre- you know, extreme, but it's kind of a version of it. But could you imagine now like, Le- like telling LeBron that, um, you know, their coach is gone, Vogels is gone or – um, this is the last time you're going to have that run. Like, it's just bizarre that Jerry Krause would would say that Phil Jackson never coaching here again. If you don't like it, Jordan can piss off. Well, you know, not in those words, but Scotty Pippen's done. Like, it's crazy to think. Like, you think if because the game is such a play driven league now, like LeBron gets what LeBron wants. Yep. Like if Jordan just didn't go, mate. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I am not playing for the Bulls again if Jackson doesn't stay. Like why they wouldn't have signed him on the spot. It's bewildering to think, but egos, that's what egos are when, you, when you're when you over there and you're making that kind of money. Um, yeah, I can't remember who big. said it. One of the, yeah. one of the um, people that are part of this documentary said that he very much towards the end of his career, Jerry Krause had little man syndrome as in like he built this incredible... I thought Dane would bring that up first, Sam. <laughs> well, they, they did. That's what they said. He built it to where it was, yeah, but then he just couldn't get out of his own way. He just kept making decisions that people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Yes. Yeah, it's, it um, resulted in decisions like that. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so, mate, every every, um, every episode, one or two things come up that you're like, shit, really? Oh, fuck, I forget that. And um, just the hatred for the, the Pistons. and um, <laughs> That's you know, what I was going to ask you about. Off. In the in the Pistons one, what what really and I loved it just being a sports nuffy, that Michael Jordan he clearly had a, a real, was still a real stickler for being uh, a, a a good sport so to speak if that's the right term and he hated what they did uh, from the from the sportsmanship point of view. Not shaking hands. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and like Jordan said, like he stood out there and shook everyone's hands, and I think everyone does that now, every like all the time, like. If, and with social media and that now, if you didn't, if you walked off the thing early, I guess you'd probably get hated. But um, yeah, Jordan, win the win or lose, he he shook their hands. But um, it cost Isaiah Thomas a spot in the dream team, so um, he really fucked up. 
because you know Jordan Bird and Magic all said he wasn't allowed to play on the Dream Team. So mm. um, that's bitter. That's crazy. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts when they were like, "Can we show you this footage?" And he goes, "I don't care what you show me now. What he's going to say, yeah, I know that he was an asshole at the time." <laughs> yeah, imagine LeBron saying that like. Kevin Durant's not allowed on the Dream Team because he didn't shake his hand. Like, yeah. if you imagine, like, LeBron gets hated, like, for every, whether, for every little thing he does, there's a side that people are hating. But imagine if he said, oh, I don't want him on my me, on me Dream Team because, you know, he didn't shake my hand. Like, imagine the carry-on. So, I like for, for what it's worth, Jordan, I think, is the GOAT and will always be the GOAT. Like, mm. People forget he was, like, the best defensive player in the league, too. Mm. Which is incredible. I was uh, I found that interesting only because, like I said, back in the day when that Chicago Bulls team were reigning and Michael Jordan was who he was and still is, I didn't really follow it. So I didn't know what his strengths and weaknesses were. I just knew his name and I knew that he was good. So it's, it's been interesting from a uh, from my point of view to watch it. I sometimes find the timeline a little bit hard. They do jump around from um, yeah. from episode to episode throughout the episode where they're at in the timeline. And I know they do show it, but... Because I don't know the Bulls and what they achieved in what year, it's kind of hard from that perspective. But it is great how they're showing, you know. Am, am I right in thinking that they're kind of doing each person and their relationship with Michael? Is that is that how it's kind of going? Like Scotty and Michael, Dennis and Michael, um, Coach uh, and Michael. I don't, I don't know. Well, they're gonna. I think Kobe, I think they're gonna focus on Kobe in that next. From what I, from what I've heard, okay. but uh, but yeah, maybe. It's just it's just interesting to watch. It's um, brilliant, Doco, Anyway. Ralphie, you would have had some similarities between the early Bulls and Melbourne, wouldn't you, with the tanking? <laughs> <laughs> did, that bring, did that bring back some memory? <laughs> well, I, I, I had similarities between between the uh, being with the uh, being with the footy show in the early days was we like being with the Bulls uh, traveling around. It was it was awesome, and I was Jerry. I wasn't quite Jerry Krause, only in stature. But anyway, it was, yeah. it was good fun. <laughs> hey, uh, just a little life hack. If you are wanting and you are a reader, uh, but uh, you want to get into it a bit more, I, I read a book about 20 years ago. I've just looked it up here. It's called Playing for Keeps, Michael Jordan and the World He Made. It's by David Halberstam. So a little hack there. It's an uh, it, um, unbelievable book, and it's a real deep dive on, uh, on that. How is that a life hack? Well, what, how is that a hack? Isn't that just a Isn't that a tip? <laughs> Recommended rating. Okay. okay. <laughs> We've got a lot of social media interaction to finish with from yes. Matthew. I've been looking forward to this, Ralph. Yes. Uh, from Matthew, any podcast suggestions while working from home? Done this back catalogue three times now. Um, yes, True Crime Garage. I love True Crime Garage. Get on it. It's really good. That's Swanee, what do you, anything? Uh, just the usual ones, mate. Nothing. Just the little sport ones. Um, KFC Radio, I listen to. Um, radio. No, no, it's, it's like a just thing over the oh. Joe Rogan, obviously, part of my take. A lot of like, the first takes and undisputed, a lot of sport ones, but I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I watch a lot of TV and I, I do a lot of reading on the TV through subtitles. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I just tick along. I think, there's, I think one's coming out on Woody Harrelson's dad, who was a hitman. Really? No way. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you one. Um, the the GM Shuffle, uh, which is by Mike Lombardi, and he's uh, it's it's NFL, but it's actually lots of stuff about the Sopranos and, and all that. And John Sylvester, who I reckon is the best Mel- talker in Melbourne, the crime is launching a crime one, which would be awesome. Oh, I've yeah, seen uh, that. I'm looking forward to that actually. Yeah, that KFC Radio one. If you think well, what we spoke about um, before we got before we got in trouble, um, <laughs> well, open your eyes up. Uh, okay, from uh, from. Jay Clark, why is Ralph such a whining fearmonger? I think that's a statement. Uh, oh, I've got no idea. You've got to get yep. off Twitter. From Bella, does Swanee miss playing for Collingwood? Um, I guess no. Not like the Anzac Day. I you look maybe more the ceremony. Like I don't miss being sore six days a week. So I don't. I don't miss everything that comes with it. But like, yeah, absolutely. I. You know, no one plays forever, so I'm a realist. I understand that, but yeah, I miss running at Anzac Day and and making great money and you know being a professional athlete. Absolutely, but I don't think about missing it. If that makes sense, like if you ask me, could I, if I was still playing, could I play forever? Yeah, but um, I don't. I don't miss being an AFL footballer. And one of the things you said with uh, with Pendles was you, you, you generally miss uh, just the the interaction and the shit talking. Yeah, that, that's like yeah. what most. Retired players will tell you that you know you miss the interaction with the boys and the camaraderie and the, the piss take. And I think the more 
I'm, I'm out of footy, the more I miss it. Like, because my first few years, you're like, oh, man, I've, I've done 15 years. I've been, I've done it to death. <laughs> like, I want to travel. I want to get away. I just get away from footy, do what I want. Having just not having like, um, like a teacher ruling over me, not having like big brother, like you know, watching my every move. <clears throat> I can do what I want. I can travel. I can go. I can you know, march to the bed of my own drum. But you know, as life sort of takes hold, he sort of. Five six years after you lost shit, you know, footy was actually pretty fun, and you miss it a bit. But, but like, I don't see him whinging and moaning that I'm not playing AFL. I'm, I'm very happy with what, what I'm doing. From Brendan, how satisfying did it feel to steal the graphics of Fox Footy, mate? Oh, fucking idiots! Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, I, didn't, I'm, I actually didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> well, I stole it because they didn't credit the podcast for when they put your teams of the century up. So I thought I'll steal their, their graphics back okay, and we okay, put it up there. Right. Anyway, that's all you know. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, from Eden, are you single? Uh, asking for myself. Uh, Dane, are you single? No. No. <laughs> are you, Rob? Well, <laughs> no. I, I may, I may, listen, if Corona goes on a fucking bit longer, I've, there's every chance I will be. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I'll, well, I'll, be, I'll be single or I'll be dead. From um, BP, is it Richards or Richards? We're actually, actually, we're actually talking, about the, um, talking about it next time we're running out. I've actually been trying to teach Taylor some. Um, she wants to go for a citizenship with some Australian Australianisms. And oh some, yes, you know, some Aussie customs that she may not be aware of, which many people may not be aware of. But I don't think she believes me. Done. Um, from uh, yeah, is it Richards or Richards? I'm never quite sure. From BP. Riches, like rags to riches. Except I'm still waiting for my rags to riches story to occur. But yes, riches. Well, she's waiting for your rags as well. <laughs> from Nathan. <laughs> Where's my merch? Well, as I said, Swanee's got a box and I'm going to pick it up. I was worried I was going to get picked, pulled over by the cops. Do you reckon that would have got me out of social distancing? Yeah. Uh, uh, fine. I'm out. Required work. I'm elbow deep in a box at the minute. Yep. That's, it never yep. stops giving. From Reg, uh, most underrated, re- underrated player you ever played with, Dane? Fuck, underrated. Um, well, well, probably. Well, Nick, Mag- well, Nick Maxwell, was he underrated? I don't know. Simon Presagy Como. He was pretty under, but internally they were rated pretty well. You know what I mean. Um, yep. Who else? Um, Benny Johnson was obviously I reckon was even though he's one of my best mates was was very stiff not to be all Australian was instrumental in our in our play. So probably Jono like, was very very underrated. From Brad, uh, Sam, would you rather go to the races with Ralphie or the footy or Swanee? Oh, that's an easy one, but nothing to do with the person, just because I love footy. <laughs> Mind well, you, yeah. I'd rather go I, I am still waiting for a bit of thanks from you too. Oh, yes, yes, Dane. Thank you. I can't <laughs> believe it. For the listeners playing at home, we've done this podcast for however many months now, and Ralph no, and, I, and I did it for a year before you, Sam, and that's yeah. the first time you've ever given me. Well, Never once has he given any tips. On Anzac Day, Stephen and I were just having a First couple of ISO drinks, and we thought, fuck, let's, let's have a flutter. And I'd never had one before. And I said, I work with a racing guru. Let's get some tips. He never writes back, but we'll see what happens. And lo and behold, within, within minutes, we had a couple of tips back. Two out of three, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It was, it was two, two winners and no second and a, and a nothing out of four. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. from Johnny, who would you guys base an AFL version of Last Dance on and why? Walk Footy Club. Well, I suppose, yeah. Or individual. Well, well, in the current environment, you want a big club. So it'd have to be Richmond or Collingwood because Carlton and Essendon are no a shit. Mm. Um, what about you know, the Brisbane Lions when they went back-to-back in the early 2000s? Oh, yeah. If, if you're talking about back in the day, yeah, or the Hawthorne era, mm. um, Geelong. But if you're talking current day, you know, it'd either have to be a West Coast for the Perth or – Richmond or Collingwood, and the player, you know, Dustin's obviously the easy one. Someone like a Nick Nat over there, um, Collingwood, you know, Pendles, but you know, he lives a pretty straight up and down life. So maybe like uh, Geordie, maybe, and they're probably the answers that everyone probably is going to expect anyway. But they would get the best ratings, Brody Grundy. And, and Sam, you've got the production, the production uh, head too. That um, I'd love to do one ten years apart, comparing uh, Swatty and Pendle's relationship with Dusty and Trent Cochin's relationship. Hmm, would be an interesting one, isn't it? Because from the outside, it looks like some similarities. Dustin's a, yeah. Dustin is a different um, beast that a lot of the public don't quite understand. Yeah. He's got his reputation is very different to who I think Dustin actually really is. 
which is probably why I'd get such a huge, uh, huge following from Deb. Dane, are you getting a tattoo to mark COVID? <laughs> well, bloody, if I was allowed, I can't. I, surely, I think my tattoo, tattoo shop should be able to open in the next couple of weeks. I think, or maybe, maybe if you can get your fucking hair cut, <laughs> how can you not get a tattoo? It baffles me. And they use all like, the sterilization techniques that that's what have actually been known to cure COVID. So it's got me fucked how the tattoo shop can't be open, but a hair you can get your hair cut. Oh, I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to get your hair cut. You should, should be able to get tattooed. Like one in, one out. Like, but I would imagine once they start these restrictions, they should should by the end of May. And yes, I do got to get tattooed again, but I don't think I'm getting it. I might get um, that popular meme that's been getting around old mate with a big dick. I might get him tattooed. On me. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's asked us about the last dead, so we've covered that from, uh, from T Ward. Uh, how old is Barney? 12. 12. Uh, from It's Medi, has Ralphie ever been seen in the same room as Wheezy from Toy Story? Even my daughter, <laughs> even my daughter has a crack at my laugh. It's just terrible. Um, from Boyland, uh, are you going to play Super Bowls? What team, Swanee? So you've, you've said you, you obviously you would have well, if uh, you could. Where was uh, they going to be? With, with Benny Johnson, I, I couldn't tell you the team. It's not, not close to my house. It's out in the eastern suburbs, I think. Uh, and Donker, I don't know. Out, I can't that way. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is out that way? So somewhere out there. Um, Barbara, obviously not this year. And I'll be thirty-seven next year, so I don't know. Well, we'll like to get a game or two in, but we'll see how we go. All right, two more from Daniel. Uh, if you could choose what type, if you could choose what type of animal would you be? Kind of animal? Yeah, a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I think Dane thinks he is a unicorn sometimes on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I, I, I'd be a snake because I love lying in the sun or a lion. <laughs> mm. I'd be a spoodle looking at how easy my, my dog's got it. And finally from Jared, uh, for Sam, is it yeah. true her boyfriend has never listened to an episode because he thinks it's Jug? That's not true. He did in the beginning when we started dating, but he doesn't listen anymore. Lazy, I call him. Are you offended by that, Dave? No, it is junk. <laughs> His brother listens religiously. I've got a joke for you, too. But yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll just wind it up by saying thank you to Paul Gardner for helping us with the with our thank podcast you. here, my year-round carnival racing one, if you want to listen to our in-depth racing one. Uh, Sam, you got anything hey. to promote? Hey, don't, don't promote. Uh, for two winners, for two winners, I had to mention that. Okay, uh, anything, yeah. to, anything to promote, Sam? No, not at the moment. No, just, um, the as soon moment. as everything opens, hire me, please. Exactly. So, and Swatty, uh, anything to finish with? Yep, uh, just like... To ask you, you know what the difference between anal and oral and oral sex is? What? Oral sex makes your day. Anal makes your whole week. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there you go. And we're done. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.